0: Welcome to The Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out The Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Well, hey, again, welcome to the living room. It's, if it's
1: your first time, we're so honored that you're here. Every single Monday is someone's first Monday. And if we haven't met you yet, we would love to meet you at our uh, first time welcome home table out in the lobby. So after service, you can pop by there and we'll say what up. Uh, but hey, tonight, like I said a little bit ago, tonight we are wrapping up this series that we've been in called Riz, Roses, and Red Flags. We're in part three, and it's my honor and privilege tonight to introduce to you someone who, honestly, I look up to a lot, someone who's become a good friend. Uh, even if she doesn't realize it, she's become like a mentor to me and my family. So y'all, without further ado, can you help me give like, not just a little applause, like a roaring welcome to the one and only April Farmer. Let's go, April. Come on, come on. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Hello, how are you guys doing tonight? Good, I'm glad. Did you like the chicken? I like fried chicken. It was good. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. Um, I have to say I'm a little nervous about tonight um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the topic. That we're going to be talking about. Um, this is wrapping up, like um, Matt said, we're wrapping up this series on love, sex, and dating. And that's always a really tender topic for a lot of people, for most people. It's something that you're either welcome or, or open to talking about and having conversation about or something you don't want to hear nobody else's opinion about because you have already make up, made up your mind about what you're going to do. And so some of y'all I may be sitting in either one of those seats, but I'm nervous tonight because of how personal this is for me. I'm nervous tonight because what I get to talk to you guys about is about a season of my life that I had for a very long time, and it didn't quite look exactly the way it may look for you, but there was so much I learned there, and as I was studying and preparing for this message, I was just like, God, there's so much I want to share with them. There's so much I want to, make, I want to help them to get, and so my prayer tonight is that your hearts are open to whatever it is that God wants you to hear. I know you've got it all figured out on how to do this love, sex, and dating thing. But if you're here tonight, my hope and prayer is that you're open to hearing a different perspective and a different way of looking at things. As you guys remember, in week one, Matt brought the word and he really highlighted um, what we, a, a, a really great question that I think most of you remembered. And he said, are you the person that you are looking for, is looking for? That's a really dope question. Are you the person you are looking for, is looking for? I hope you asked yourself that that week. I hope you studied that. I hope you continually asked yourself that question every week and every month and every year, every day for the rest of your life. Are you the person you are looking for, is looking for? And he taught us and he brought us into this place of focusing on you more than who and not focusing all of your attention on who the next person is going to be or who that person is, who my dear future husband or dear future wife, you know, not to focus on that, but to focus on you. And then last week he talked about God's ethic on sex. And I don't know about your small group, but our small group had some great conversation about that. We had some really good conversation about that because everybody's got their opinions about sex and, you know, hey, don't talk about that. Don't approach that. Everybody's going to do what they, what they want to do. But what I loved about that week is that he, he reminded us that we don't wait for marriage because it guarantees us something, but because it elevates someone. And that's a shift in perspective. Our culture teaches us that sex is about us. It's about a feeling. It's about an experience. We watch the TV shows. I watched them too. We still watch them. It's so weird though. Like, it's like now that I'm good and grown, I ain't gonna tell y'all quite how old I am, but now that I'm good and grown, it's like when sex scenes come up on TV, I literally, I'm like, oh, I don't wanna watch that. It's really weird. I feel like I'm about 12 and my mama's sitting down. But it's a different perspective. Sex isn't about you, it's not about this feeling, but it's an opportunity for you to share something that God created with this special someone, with this specific someone that you get to create this experience with. And so I hope you left last week considering something new and something fresh when it came to God's ethic on sex and what you will decide that your sexual ethic will be you know and so I I hope that you left with that and this week week three we're going to wrap up on a very clear topic and it's simply about singleness how many single people we got in the room tonight somebody say girl how many people are excited and single how many y'all wish he would come on already or she would come on already I get it I love the honesty in the room that's how you feel. I I I I I totally get it. Not all of us are sitting in the same space when it comes to singleness. Some of us are ready for it to be gone, like yesterday. I know people working on certain degrees I won't mention. Um, but I know that there's some people that are 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 not even eager for that. They're like, Yeah, I can wait, I can hold out, I'm enjoying my single life. I enjoyed my single life, probably a little, a little bit too much. But I enjoyed my single season of life. But it's it's something that most people don't necessarily pursue. Oftentimes, it just seems to be something that we endure, waiting for marriage to come, right? It's what we we walk through, waiting for this next phase. But there's something about singleness that I want to make sure that you remember. If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, singleness has three levels. There's three reasons why you're single. You're either single by circumstance, just because that is what it is. I'm, I'm 18 years old and I hadn't really met anybody, or I'm 19 years old, or I'm still in school. or You're single by circumstance. You just hadn't got to that space in your life yet. Or you're single by choice. You're not even, you've chosen not to date anybody. Hey, in this time of my life, I feel like I want to focus on me. I don't want to date anybody. I don't know if I want to date anybody ever. So you're single by choice. But then there's a third option as well. You could be single by calling. What if you've been called to singleness? (laughs) I heard somebody say, please don't call me, Lord. Please, please don't call me, Jesus. I don't want to be called, Jesus. But have you ever even considered the fact that you might be called to singleness? What does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? You don't have to answer me, but how does that make you feel? I want you to wrestle with that. So you're either single by circumstance, single by choice, or possibly single by calling. But most of us have zero desire to stay single. We don't have that desire. We, we treat singleness like it's a disease. It's something you just don't want to catch. And if you get it, you need it to come on and go. Just go ahead, leave, leave go away. But some of us you know, are, are actually miserable in our single state. Some of us walk around just really depressed and sad that we're single. And you wonder, you ask these questions like, why me, why am I single? Why hasn't anybody picked me yet? Am I not attractive enough? Am I not tall enough? Am I too short? Am I too dark? Am I too light? Is my English not clear enough? Like what is it? Why won't somebody pick me? And you find yourself beating yourself up, trying to make and meet some standard of readiness that somebody made up. And who, who told us this stuff? Where did it come from? i tell you where it came from. Your family. That uncle, guys. That uncle that ask you every time you go home how many girlfriends you got. <laughs> Let me see a picture doc. She cute. Ooh, she, all, y'all know who these uncles are. Or it might be your daddy, might be your granddaddy, your brothers, your older brothers, they asking you how many, how many girls you hollering at, which one? Or ladies, every time your grandmama see you, you seeing anybody yet? You got a boyfriend, what's his name? And it's natural, it's a part of our culture. There's this innate expectation that marriage is supposed to be the end goal. You're supposed to be with somebody. And singleness is rarely something that we see as something of value. We mostly see it as something that we're ready to get rid of as quick as possible. So I want to take a quick survey in the room. I did this with some friends and family, but I want to take a a quick survey in this room. I'm going to just say this word, and I want you to just yell out to me what you think of, like an adjective that comes to mind when you hear the word. Okay, you ready? Single. Single. A a blessing, what? Somebody over here. Depressing. Depressing. Fun. Freedom. Freedom. Did somebody say a freak? (laughs) Somebody said speak on it. Some of y'all wildin' out. I know, don't act, don't be brand new. All right, I got another word for you. Marriage. Happy, commitment, beautiful, what'd you say? Soon, oh you're engaged, oh congratulations! What else about marriage? Not easy. Not easy. Partner. Unknown. Unknown. Not easy. Not easy. That is very true. You've been watching something. You've been watching somebody. But there are a lot of words that come up. So I, I, I surveyed some friends and family that are various ages, from the teens up to fifty years old. And so I got these words back, and so when I asked them to say a word when it came to single, I heard uh, sinning. One of them said man whore. (laughs) Boring, unsettled, wild, alone, insufficient, isolated. I have some agreeers in the room. And then I asked them about the word marriage. They said blessing. They said happy, complete, godly and fulfilled and healthy and holy. Oh, all these amens in the room. So it's very clear to see that there's already some very clear opinions about what singleness is and how we value it and what marriage is and how we value that. Well, tonight I want to offer you a new perspective on being single. A perspective that possibly you haven't considered, but it can literally change your life if you let it. And I want you to, in, I want to invite you to see singleness from a different angle, one that probably hasn't been considered by you. And I want you to think about singleness as a gift, as a present, as something you look forward to opening and exploring and experiencing as a gift just for you because your singleness gift is only yours. But if you never take the time to see it that way, you miss all of the goodness inside the package. The apostle Paul was a guy in the Bible. He wrote a great bit of the New Testament And he was a man who initially was a very staunch Pharisee. He was a teacher of the law. He thought he was God's favorite person. And he persecuted a lot of Christians that gave their lives to Jesus. And he was on this mission to this area named Damascus. And on his way to persecute these Christians in Damascus, he was encountered by the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus commissioned him and changed his life and turned his whole life around and put him on a mission to share the gospel with people who did not grow up Jewish. They were called Gentiles. And so so, uh, Paul was a devout follower of Jesus. And so we find in the book of 1 Corinthians, we're going to take a look at a story. We're going to take a look at an encounter, at an experience And Paul became, with his love for Jesus, he became a man who was very much passionate about helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So he goes to this city named Corinth. And Corinth was a very pagan city, but he went there and he planted this church of people like you. People like some of you in the room who have decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. I am going to give up my life the way I want to live it, and I'm going to follow this man named Jesus. Why? Because he came and he died for my sins and he rose from the dead and he now lives. And I want to dedicate my life to living for him. However, I didn't grow up in a culture that honored this Jesus and just like these people in Corinth, Paul knew that these people didn't grow up in a culture that honored Jesus. And so they started sending him letters and asking him questions about how are they to live their lives? What am I supposed to do now that I've given my life to Jesus? How, is, how does God want me to live a life as honoring to him? How does he want me to view whatever season of life that I'm in? And not only did people ask him these questions, but specifically some unmarried single people asked him questions. And so he responded and he addresses their questions. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And in verse 32, it starts this way. Paul is talking to unmarried people in Corinth that are just getting to know Jesus. He says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. As free from complications as possible. It continues. It says, when you're married... You're free to concentrate, when you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. This is what you're free to do. So Paul is assuming here that pleasing God matters to this group of people he's writing to. That's very important to note. He's responding to them and he says, when you're unmarried, you unmarried people, you have the freedom to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. So he's assuming that that's important to them. So before we go on, I want to pause and ask you a question. Does pleasing God matter to you? Oh, I
0: love that.
1: Y'all said, yes, that's awesome. And I know it wasn't everybody, but that's okay. But that's a question you need to ask yourself. When you think about your, your singleness, you need to consider As a person who's given their life to Jesus, and if you haven't, I understand this. You can just sit back and listen. There's a lot of stuff that you can take away from this. But specifically for those of you who are in the room that have said, I have given my life to Jesus and I want to follow him. You need to consider the fact and answer this question, does pleasing God matter to you? Because your answer to this question lays a foundation for how you approach your singleness. So based on the fact that I heard a lot of yeses in the room, we're going to continue. Paul goes on and he says marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried person can spend in becoming more whole and holy instruments of God. (laughs) I got a lot of amens in here. Y'all some sanctified folk. (laughs) I love this last line, though. It It says unmarried people can spend this time in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. Why is that important? During your time of singleness, whether that time is for the next two years, for the next two months, or for the next 22 years, no matter how, oh, y'all didn't like that. Oh, I'm coming back to that one. Whether it's two years or 22 years, you have the opportunity to cultivate wholeness in Christ. This is the gift that you've been given, an opportunity to get ready for whatever your future looks like. In pleasing God, remember I asked the question, do you wanna please God? What if God's good pleasure for your life is singleness? What if God's good pleasure for your life is that you don't meet your mate for another two years, for another six years, for another 10 years? for another 20 years, for another 30 years, for another 40 years. Hey! Woo! Y'all don't like that. She done got up and left. (laughs) I'm just just messing with you, baby, I am. She was like, oh no, ma'am, I gotta stick out. But I'm very intrigued by your response because most of you in here feel like, okay, Lord, I can do your plan for two years, but don't push me to five. (laughs) Don't push me to 10. Don't push me to 15 or 20. You don't like that. But what if that's what God has in store for you? Does your mind change? Ooh, ooh, the chatter in the room. Why is this important? This is the time, no matter how long it is, for you to cultivate and pursue God's purpose for your life. Because I tell you this much, if you don't utilize this gift, this season, this time, this opportunity to prepare who you are in Christ, whenever they come, if they come, you won't be ready. won't even be able to see him because you're so busy wasting time waiting for the next, waiting for him to come. You ain't enjoying life. You're not cultivating yourself. You're not learning how to love you. How do you expect? How do you expect to be in a lasting, long-term relationship when you can't get along with you? I'm just saying. But y'all gonna give God three years to send him. Three years to send her. Really? Three months? Did you say three months? No. This is the time when you prepare yourself, when you cultivate your walk with Jesus. This is the time when you clear out the clutter from your past, from those bad relationships, from all that stuff that Matt was talking about for the last two weeks. This is the time when you get prepared and you free yourself from the bad habits and the hangups. This is that time when you grow spiritually and emotionally and financially, and you get the opportunity to do that all without distractions. It's a gift. You get to become during this time, the you that the person you are looking for is looking for. But how many of us are wasting the time? Waiting, you standing at the bus stop talking about, he coming to see me, he coming to meet me right here. And your friends are growing. They done gone to the beach. They done invited you to come hang out with us. We're going to this retreat. No, my boo, he coming right here. She coming right here. And they've gone on. And you still standing here waiting, haven't developed yourself, haven't invested in yourself, hadn't built any wealth in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You wait. No, they coming. And it's, it's, it's sad to me because I did it. I did that. I was uh, I was forty when I got married. Oh, that's so funny. Now I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> it took me years before I realized that that was okay, and I took so much time wasting waiting on this person. I remember when I moved here from uh, from college, I. <laughs> My, my, my group, they gonna get me. I went to the real GSU. I done told y'all this already. <laughs> anyway, when I came here after college, there was a guy here that I liked and I was nuts about this guy. I was really nuts about this guy. I went to the church he went to. I didn't even explore other churches. I found out where he went and I joined that church immediately. Because I had a plan, because I'd picked him. My broken self, my insecure self who had just got out of college, had two children before she was 20 years old, hadn't worked on fixing me at all, but I done picked my man. And I go to the church that he's going to, and he left two months later. And I'm stuck at this church, but I'm going to still go, he coming back, oh, he coming back. And so I'm at this church, and I'm spending time with him, and he's hanging out with me. And this is the thing, ladies, gentlemen. If he ain't into you, he's just not into you. And you can't make him be into you. And I, I thought I could change his mind just being around. So he had an apartment, I go over to his apartment, hey, can can you go clean my bathroom for me? Sure, oh, I got you. I cleaned the bathroom. hey, 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 hey. I'm just saying. Hey, don't act like you ain't been on your knees with some tidy bowl yourself. I'm just just saying. But I did things for him. I served him. I cooked for him. I hung out at his place. I let him hang out at my place. Why? Because I thought if I represented this woman he wanted, if I represented somebody that I thought he would pick, He would change his mind, and he would eventually like me. And so this is what I did, waiting, wasting valuable, gifted time to cultivate who I was, waiting on some man who really didn't want me. Now, he strung me along, and that's what they do sometimes. Y'all got to keep me focused. Now y'all cut it out. They'll string you along when they know you'll, you'll be around, but honestly, they're just not into you. They don't ever take you on any dates. You go nowhere. You just hang out at their room. This ain't my first rodeo, y'all. Hear me. I wanted him. I prayed, Lord, let him be the one. This is the one I picked, Lord. This is the one I want. And he just wasn't coming. And then one day I'm at his apartment and an old girlfriend, actually it was his, he had a son, his his, his son's mom came to the house. Listen, y'all listen. His son's mama came to the house and he goes out on the balcony to talk to her because she's outside cussing him slap out. And I heard a rage come out of this man that I had never heard before in my life. It frightened me. I literally was in the house like, oh my gosh, I've never heard any man raise his voice like that ever. I was terrified. I heard this man outside the window calling that woman everything but a child of God. And then he turned around and came back in like, I'm sorry you had to hear that. And God was like, so that's the one you want? No, God, I'm good on that. But I couldn't see that he wasn't for me because I was so busy chasing after something I thought I wanted and not using that time to cultivate me, to heal, to free myself of my past. And this is what I'm telling you. Singleness is a gift, an opportunity to be whole and a holy instrument of God. This is what this season, this opportunity, this gift is set aside for you for. And some of y'all might feel like, wait a minute, no, that's just hemming me up. Like, I I don't want to do this. Let me tell you what Paul said. Let's keep going. Paul said, I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you. Not make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. Singleness allows you to live a life devoted to the Lord with fewer distractions. And it's not better than marriage. And marriage isn't better than singleness. They're just different. They both come with their, excuse me, their challenges and their opportunities. But I got to tell you, now that I'm married, I wish I would have taken more time earlier to just enjoy me. Because when you get married, things change. Relationships are awesome, they are great, but they are distractions. They can be full of distractions. When you're dating, it's distracting. You gotta find money for the date, you gotta pick out where you wanna go for the date, the time for the date, you gotta plan the date. You gotta meet friends and family, you gotta prove to your friends that he good and you gotta prove to your, your friends that she good. It's so distracting, you can't even get your work done. You skipping class because you staying up too late. Just hanging out. It's distracting you from the purpose to which you even went to school. You done dropped way too many classes. You ain't gonna graduate on time. Why? It's a distraction. And then you get to the engagement stage. Say you meet him, you're engaged, and so now you gotta plan the wedding. Oh my gosh, it's a whole lot of drama. I done wrote my book and done all this other kind of stuff. And then you get married and you try to have kids. and You're trying to build a life. It's all distraction. And God is like, hey, 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 you remember me? What, what about me? You want some time with me? And you get to this place that you feel like you have achieved. Oh, I'm married now. But you took all your crap with you. You took all your burdens with you. you now you're laying expectations on your spouse to try to fulfill needs that they can never meet. When God was like, I gave you a gift and you squandered it, wanting something instead of what I've placed in your hand. And there's nothing wrong with all those things. There's nothing wrong with dating. I'm not telling you not to do it. But I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to value the gift of singleness that God has given you now. And don't put a limit on God on how long he wants you to stay there. So much more. I wish I could say, but I gotta finish this up. I talked before about singleness either being um, a situation, your, your, your current situation, your current circumstance. It could be um, your choice. You could choose to be single. But then there was a third one when I talked about it being a calling. Paul was called to be single. He felt a gift of calling. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he talks about that. Each person has been given a gift. I'm not telling you you have to stay single your whole life. God is not telling you that. If you feel like you don't have the gift of singleness, if you feel like that's not something that's stirring on the inside of you, that I just want to dedicate my entire life to just serving the Lord. Not to say that it's different than serving the Lord when you're married. It's, it's just without as many distractions. That could be something that God's calling you to. You could be sitting here and you've been wrestling with that. You feel pressure from your friends and your family like you're supposed to be finding somebody and you just don't. You're just not interested. That is okay. I want to free you tonight to be okay. If that's where you feel like you are, if that's where you feel like, Lord, I really just want to love you. I really just want to dedicate my entire life to doing whatever you tell me to do. I want to be free to be able to go to Saskatchewan if I want to and not have to ask anybody. I want to be free to do those things. That is okay. That is a gift that God has put in your hand. And I want to encourage you to embrace that gift. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, no matter whether it's by choice, by circumstance, or by calling, to cultivate the gift of singleness that you have now. And some of us have been so distracted that we've lost track of our, even our, our relationship with Jesus. We want to be married more than we want Jesus, we want to be dating more than we want Jesus. And it, God's like, I want all of you. Do you realize that you couldn't make it through that without me? Do you realize that I stand outside of time and I see the beginning and the end and there are things that are going to happen in your life that I need you to be prepared for. But if you miss this season, this opportunity, this gift of singleness to cultivate your relationship with me, you will struggle in ways that you don't have to. So Jesus is inviting us, he's inviting you to draw in closer to him and embrace this gift of singleness. It's a blessing beyond measure. When I finally discovered that, I was probably about 37. When I realized, oh my gosh, I have wasted so much time wondering why somebody hadn't picked me yet. I wasted so much time, so much time. And then I said, you know what, Lord, I don't even care. What, what do you want me to do? I want to just do what you want me to do. I have too much life to live. Life is too short. I want to be free and, and, and clear. And I just want to, I want to live my life. And I start living. Boy, I started living. I had a good old time. I did whatever I wanted to do. I have to ask Nobody. I didn't have to tell nobody where I was going. I could buy a plane ticket and just fly. I could tell my girlfriends, hey, let's go on this trip. I didn't have to tell nobody nothing. It was wonderful. And I found this purpose that God had given me in my life and I pursued it. I went to graduate school and I did all the things that I wanted to do. And I felt this breath of air like, yes, I'm stepping into everything that I'm supposed to be. And when you get to that place, you know it's that place. And I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to do. And I could care less if a dude showed up. I really could. I could care less. Because now I'm going to feel like you just, you just, you're annoying me. I got stuff to do. Why are you calling me? Leave me alone. I'm busy. And I wasn't worried about no man. But in the middle of me walking in my purpose, up on a stage, just ministering and sharing the gospel of Jesus. Some dude over here looking at me. And I ain't want him. And he told me two days after he met me, I I, he asked me to to hang out and we were going to have to be working together. So I was like, sure, I'll hang out with you just to get to know you. But I'm not playing all that. And we sit there and he's talking to me and he told me, um, he said, you know what? While you were up speaking, the Lord told me you were going to be my wife. And I said, well, uh. Me and the Lord talk all the time, and he ain't told me that, (laughs) so I'm good. And I shut him down for about three months. Like, I wouldn't go out without nothing. He's my husband now, but hey, Mr. Farmer. um, But I could pick him, and I could determine that he was the right one because of the time I'd spent while I was single cultivating my relationship with Jesus because I learned how to note the imposters. If you don't spend the time in your seasoned of gifted singleness, you can't note impostors when they come. You'll, you'll, you'll take the first one that come your way and look at you long enough. But because I had cultivated recognizing and knowing what God's love for me felt like, when I felt that love come to me through my husband, I was like, oh, he's the one. But if you don't know that love, if you don't recognize that voice, if you don't recognize that value, you won't know it when it comes, whether it's at 25 or 45 or 65. Can you be content in whatever state you find yourself in that God's plan for you is great and it's good? And so I just want to give us an opportunity to just surrender our way of singleness, to God. I want to just give you an opportunity to say, you know what, Lord, I thought I had this figured out. I had my plan all written out. Some of y'all, I know you got it written down. I know you got your plan. I know your family's applying pressure. I know they're saying, hey, what about this? Hey, have you proposed to her yet? Hey, there's pressure, but I want to free you tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to be free from all that pressure and to recognize your singleness as a gift and to not waste it, but to dig deep and spend this time with the Lord, cultivating your relationship with Him. So right where you are, I just want you to have a little conversation with Him. I don't want you to worry about who's sitting next to you. You can close your eyes, you can get on your knees, you can come down, whatever. I wanna give you an opportunity to surrender your single life to the Lord. Lord, whatever it is that you wanna do, However it is you want me to live this life, however long it'll take, I want to surrender this to you. I want to give you a couple of seconds.
0: Free With me, I surrender all. I all to Thee, all. Father,
1: we love you. And we know that you love us. In fact, you loved us first. You loved us so much that you gave your life for us. And you wouldn't do that for people that you wanted to discard, for people that you wanted to lead down a wrong road and down a wrong way. And so God, we take the time and the moment now To just surrender our lives to you. Every area. Every plan. Every agenda, God. We confess that we've gotten this thing a little skewed. And we confess that maybe we've seen our our opportunity for singleness as, as something to pass through to get to something better. But God, we thank you today for reminding us that this time of singleness is a gift that you've given us. Help us to utilize this gift to become whole and holy in our relationship with you. So that whatever your plan for our life, whether it's soon or some ways down the road, whatever that plan is, we will be ready to pursue right relationship with you and right relationship with others. So God, we surrender all to you. Change our perspective help us to see this life of singleness as a gift, as the gift that you created it to be. And in all of our ways, we will be sure and careful to give you praise and glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray,
0: amen. Amen, amen, amen. And what a word. April, thank you so much for your faithfulness. thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message if you want to stay connected follow us on instagram at the living room atl remember tlr fam we love you we're for you and we'll see you next time